Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is Sean Hathaway. This is my podcast, Breakaway. Oh, my goodness. This is the most amazing week or two of my investing career, and hopefully you all are having a great freaking year. It is Friday, October 29th. I got my costume ready. I'll take a picture and put it on social media later. But wow, holy smokes. Okay, let's. I'm just going to freewheel this. I, I have really nothing prepared, but I got a lot in my head here. Probably going to keep it short. Just like last week, I'm recording Friday afternoon, 3 o'clock p.m. I should have a beer in hand, but guess what I've got instead of a beer? I have tequila. This is the bottle. It's uh, Ornitos. Tequila Reposado, it's one of the better ones in my opinion. I've actually visited this factory, hell of a freaking tour it was. Uh, it's just right outside of Guadalajara, Mexico. I am cheering, uh, we'll be toasting te- tequila here. Oh my gosh, my adrenaline is pumping, I don't even know, I, mean, I gotta calm down, I need to calm down. Markets are up 22% year to date, it's just Oh, it's insane. The economy is juiced, man. It is juiced. We are going to... The stock markets are going to crash um, at some point. I don't know if it'll be in 2022, 23, 24. And I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. But, like, I'm actually going to call... I, I have a lot of money in Schwab and Fidelity. I'm going to call and probably get a margin loan at this point. Because I think that I can put that money... If, they, if they're going to charge me 5% or less, and I'll let you know what they, what they say, but I've heard then I'm going to take a loan out and buy Tesla stock. And that's actually what's happening in the markets right now because interest rates are so cheap. You've got a lot of people just borrowing and buying. Borrow and buy. And that's fine. That's called a leverage. That's called um, a margin loan. It's called buying on leverage. It's dangerous. We all do it with our homes, though. Uh, I think my wife just got home, so I'm going to shut the door. Hey, babe. Okay, so... I don't know if you can hear me way over here. I just shut my door. My wife's home from golfing. We just joined a new golf club. We love it. But so if I have, let's just say hypothetically, a million dollars then in stock, then I should be able to go and borrow, let's say, $400,000. And then the, and the institution knows I'm good for it because I still have $600,000 in assets. Well, actually, I have a million dollars in assets against the $400,000 loan. And then I go buy, now I've got $1.4 million in assets, and I have a $400,000 loan that I'm paying 5% on. But if I think Tesla is going to return 20% a year on average, and I do, then, or 30, I think I'm going to return 30, 40% a year on average for the next 10 years, then who cares about my 5% loan? Now, what will happen, though, is interest rates will go up, people will not want to pay the interest on that loan, then they will have to sell those assets, and selling those assets is what's going to cause a market sell-off. So that's the risk. That's the risk that we see in the markets is that everybody's so levered up right now, eventually interest rates are going to have to rise <sighs> to cool off this economy. I am so fired up. I mean, oh my gosh. Um, okay, so <laughs> markets are up 22%. All I talk about is Tesla and Netflix. I'm literally going to need to re, rebrand my Netflix or this podcast to Tesla Netflix. But they're the two, the, the reason I like them so much, and there's some other companies that I'm starting to get into. One of them is Roblox. I'm still learning about it, still following them. This is me pouring my tequila right now. Just a taster. Um, so it, it's in complete celebration. Both companies are all-time stock, closed at all-time highs today. So so Netflix, Netflix closed above $300 billion, 600 and oh, I had their thing up. I don't want to misquote y'all. Oh, I've got this Squid Game thing up, that's why. Um, which I'm going to talk about 
$300 billion, stock price 690 I mean, holy smokes. And I used to be, like, happy when they were about 500 But um, I don't know how long they're going to hold. They're going to have to have a good earnings release. But uh, they got this Squid Game cryptocurrency thing going on. It's just fueling their fire. This um, so, so apparently a cryptocurrency came out this week called Squid. Can you believe this? And it, it is... Um, it's up 86,000%. I mean, let that sink in. What that means, I think, God, i got to get my math right here. Um, what would be the math on that? I think it means, so yeah, up 86,000%. It's hard to actually even understand what the hell that means. Because 100% would be 1x or 2x. So 1,000% is like 10x. So 6,000% is like 60x. So 10,000% is 100x. So I think it's 800x. I might be wrong. I'm going to have to recalculate. It's a shitload. Okay? Done. By the way, these cryptocurrency things and the Shiba Shiba Inu was another crypto that's up this week by like thousands of percentage points. It's just game. It's just speculation. You're in a casino. The game will end. The the music's going to stop and the chairs will be taken away. Um, I'm still comfortable with investments in solid companies. So companies like Netflix, like Tesla, I'm also heavily invested in Google, which had a kick-ass earnings as well. Uh, Microsoft, all-time highs. These are companies that make a ton of money. They're not going away. In fact, it's very hard to even imagine them not being around. Eventually, you know, 20 years from now, I suppose they could be completely disrupted, like like General Electric was. GE. Um but I think they're fairly safe bets. Look, I'm not saying that we're always going to be having this this musical party right now that we're having going around. Let me take a sip of my tequila. Mmm. Oh, that's good. That is good. Oh, that is 40% alcohol. 100% puro de agave, onitos, tequila reposado. Reposado. Hecho en Jalisco, Mexico. Jalisco is like the state um, where Guadalajara is. So... Point is, get your money invested. Uh, if you're if you're with these relatively safe companies, you know Tesla's arguably overvalued right now. Not overvalued, but it, they're they're trading at earnings multiples that are that are sky high. Jim Chanos, <laughs> Gordon, our famous um, okay, Gordon Johnson of GLG GLJ Research, I think it is. I mean the guys are. I mean, I don't. I like to be. Not, I don't want to be mean to people. G L J research. But how do people make a living in this? I need to dedicate my next podcast to the shorts and to the and to the people who play the don't pass line in Vegas. And you know I don't like them because they're negative. They're Debbie Downers. And this guy is a Debbie Downer. And he's on CNBC again this week saying, "Oh, Tesla's overvalued." The guy had like a price target of thirty bucks on Tesla. So there's like this joke, an ongoing joke in the investment community that Tesla's up a Gordon. Like, literally, his price target's like $30. Tesla's like over $1,000 today, $1,100 and change. And by the way, I bought more. I bought more. Quote me on this. As long as Elon Musk continues to execute and doesn't die or something like that. But he's all, all, I think his company's got his DNA at this point. They are going to be a $10 trillion company by 2030. Not kidding you. 10x. 10 banger. It could even be a 20 banger. Okay. Banger. I love that. I love calling out the bangers. Ten banger. Okay, so, sorry, I'm just so excited. I'm going to have to take another sip of tequila. Maybe it'll help calm me down. Mmm. This stuff's wonderful. Okay, 
so we talked about Netflix. They're kicking ass. Squid Games. And I, by the way, I wrote an article a while ago. It was probably over a year at this point. I said Netflix is a $700 stock. One of my things that they had to have, though... Oh, my God. I'm trying to get my breath. They said they had to do a couple things. One, they had to get something new. I thought it might be sports. Turns out the new thing is gaming. And that's just enough of a catalyst that makes people excited about the stock. And then the other thing, I said they need their Game of Thrones moment. Turns out Squid Games is their Game of Thrones moment. I still keep hearing in the news on podcasts I listen to, new people tuning in that must watch Squid Games. People are still trying to catch up on it. I think all over the world right now, people are subscribing to Netflix, tuning into Squid Games. They buy it. They don't cancel it. They realize the UI is awesome. The the experience on your phone, on your tablet, on your Tesla car. You can get Netflix on that too. Yes, it's awesome. Okay, I'm done with Netflix. I'm going to go back to Tesla. I want to talk about an article I wrote this week. Hope you read it. I was all fired up, and I literally sat down and, and ripped out a, I don't know, five-pager on Tesla versus the White House. I probably could have come up with a better name. I didn't know what to call it. Called it Tesla versus the White House. Tesla's up, you know, crossed the trillion-dollar mark earlier this week, Monday or so, and now they're like $1.1 trillion. And, of course, all these haters come on to CNBC. Her name was... Uh, uh, I don't even remember it. She, she doesn't even deserve to be named. But she's like the head of the National Transportation and Safety Board. She comes on, totally criticizes Tesla's full self-driving. It's too early. It's too dangerous. Blah, 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 blah. You know what? People want it. People want this product. And the Biden administration cannot shut them down. Okay, so for some reason, and I'm just going to call it as I see it, Democrats and the left hate Tesla. Um, even though, paradoxically, ironically... Tesla is the most impactful, possibly most important green energy company in the world. Okay, guys? Fact. They are creating a fleet of electric vehicles, including semi-trailers that are going to haul all of our goods around. They are manufacturing, generating energy through solar, and creating the most innovative bleeding-edge battery technology in the world. Because remember, storage is the hardest thing to do with energy. When you think about our grid, everything's just flying around. None of of the energy is stored, and that's what actually makes managing our grid insanely, insanely difficult. So if we can master storage, that's half the battle. And Tesla's doing it, okay? So now we got NHTSA, and that's the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, and we got NHTSA, which is the National Transportation Safety Board, coming out railing against Tesla. They just, um, I think I talked about this last week, but they hired a, a senior advisor to, to NHTSA who is on the board of directors of a LiDAR company, and Elon Musk is famous for saying LiDAR sucks. He's not going to use it. LiDAR is like a, basically a laser radar technology. They're using artificial intelligence to look at real, real video, real imagery, and make decisions on it like a human would. It is the most advanced AI company in the world. And I've been saying this for like a year now, and it seems like Wall Street's finally starting to catch on. <sighs> I need to calm down. Let me have another sip of my tequila. Mm. Oh my gosh, that was good. By the way, I haven't had lunch. I never really had breakfast either. I'm going to be hammered. I'm, on, I'm probably in ketosis right now. Okay. So then the Biden administration comes out, this $3.5 trillion spending bill, which, by the way, is getting whittled down. Looks like it's going to be more like $1.5 trillion. And by the way, because I'm against this spending bill, does that mean I'm anti... Like, am I right-wing? Am I left-wing? Am I Republican? Am I Democrat? I'm none. Because 
I am all about, I am completely socially liberal. I have, I think that people can have the freedom to do, be, who, say, do what they want. Your body's your body. Call yourself what you want. Marry as many people as you want. Marry gay, marry straight. I don't care. But I do believe that we need to be fiscally responsible as a country. In our debt, you know, in 2013, for the first time in, I don't know, modern history, at least peaceful, not wartime, our G, our, our, the debt that we owe as a, as a nation, the U.S. debt, is $30 trillion. I think it's $29 trillion and change, and it is now higher than GDP, gross domestic product, which is like a measure of income. Okay, so we've never had in 2000 and... And so this isn't a Republican or a Democrat thing because it's it's been under all administrations at this point. And, and by the way, Trump was all about like reducing interest rates and juicing the economy. So in 2012, approximately in 2013, for the first time in peaceful history, I say peaceful like non-war time, U.S. debt surpassed GDP. So GDP is chugging along at 23 trillion in our juiced-up economy, and our debt's at 28 trillion. The amount that we spend on debt right now is approaching 10%, just the interest expense. Now, imagine if interest rates go from 1% to back, back to like normal, 3 4 5%. All of a sudden, one could see very easily see the money that we spend on debt service, interest costs as a nation, is going to be like 30% of our budget. It's crazy, and we can't do that. And that's why I'm, I'm all about fiscal responsibility. I don't think we need to go be spending $3.5 trillion dollars above the money that we don't have. So I'm not trying to be left, right, Republican, Democrat. I'm just saying don't spend money if we don't have it. And it's okay to spend it when we're in the, the, the great recession of the global financial crisis of 2008, 2009. And even then, we're spending like $900 billion and they were like, let's just keep it under a trillion or the, everyone's going to freak out globally. Like other countries are going to freak out citizens are going to freak out and now we're just throwing around 3.5 trillion and we're not even in a global recession we're in fact in a juiced up kicking ass rocking economy all right sean calm down dude okay i'm gonna notice it mm. calm down calm down okay where was i so anyway so tesla against the biden administration you know i don't know so um let's get back to my talking points I'm actually just looking at the essay I wrote. It was pretty fast and furious, so probably wasn't perfect. But anyway, oh yeah, so back to my point. I don't even know how I got off on this tangent. It's a $3.5 trillion spending bill, and it includes a $4,500 credit for EV cars, that sounds good, that are made by union labor. So the, the full credit was like $10,000 and change, and, and that did include like a... I'm, I'm, making up numbers here, or you, they're in the ballpark, like $5,000 credit for EV cars. But in addition to that, I think it was $6,000 credit, in addition to that, you get a $4,500 credit if you buy an EV car, electric vehicle, made by union labor. Oh, guess what? Tesla's not unionized. So it's basically a slap in the face to Tesla. It's like, oh, well, Ford, Chrysler, GM, you guys will get an additional, or buyers of your cars will get a $4,500 credit because you're, because you're unionized. It's just so blatant and crazy. And then of course Biden had the EV summit and said that these are the these are the manufacturers Ford, GM, uh, Chrysler, and then of course invites the the president of the United Auto Workers Union to be there and says 
this is the future of EV cars. We're going to be leading the world in EV manufacturing. Hey, Biden, we already are leading the world in EV manufacturing, and it's Tesla, and you didn't invite them to your event. Okay, so Tesla already is the global leader in EV manufacturing. Nobody's going to catch them. Here's a funny thing, too. Mary Barra came out this week at Wednesday or Thursday at some press conference thing, and she's talking about how GM is going to catch Tesla in EV manufacturing by 2023. Now, I don't even know what catch means. Do you mean like you're going to make as many cars, EV cars, like pieces of junk, like the Bolt that you had to recall, like the Volt that you stopped making? I mean, dude, Mary, Mary Barra is literally at this point smoking crack. She's a crack smoker, and GM needs to get rid of her. The only person who's, like, come to the table or come to had his come-to-Jesus moment was, um, I'm blanking on his name, but he's the CEO of Volkswagen. I mean, he invited Elon Musk to, to speak to him, and he did. All right, back to Tesla. Then you've got Jim Chanos, who's another short seller. I'm going to have a drink. Cheers to you, Jim Chanos. I hope I meet you someday. I don't mean this against you at all, but from the deep, deep down in my heart... I don't know. The fact is, Jim, I don't, you bug me, okay? He goes on CNBC all the time. He keeps talking about how Tesla's a car company. Like, at some point, you just not get it. They're not a car company, dude. It is a freaking iPhone with four wheels and a passenger seat. It is the most advanced piece of technology, artificial intelligence. It's fun. It is, and then they've got the solar and the batteries and all the other stuff I keep talking about. And he's calling them a car company. He's completely shorting them. And get this, I didn't know this until I was reading about it this week. He had a freaking fundraiser for Joe Biden, a big fundraiser for Joe Biden when Joe Biden was on the campaign trail at his house in New York. I mean, let that sink in. So now this guy who's a billionaire is like completely short Tesla and invites the whole, all these, you know, famed, powerful Democrats to his home for fundraiser for Joe Biden. Of course he's whispering in his ear saying, screw Tesla, we've got to figure out how to, like... You know, actually, I don't know. I don't. There's no evidence that he's doing something, but you just got to wonder if somebody that influential, who's still going on CNBC literally as of last week, sh- saying, I'm short Tesla. Short means that you are betting against their stock price. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and then the other thing I wrote in here is in the congresswoman from... Uh, a council councilwoman, congresswoman. She's like a state congresswoman. Uh, for the state of California, basically tweeted, fuck Elon Musk, excuse my French, F-U-C-K, um, Elon Musk. And he, she did that, that was back in May of 2020, when he reopened the factory for for manufacturing. And he said, we've been shut down six weeks, dude, we're gonna, Costco's packed, like, everything's packed. They're having, like, BLM protests in the streets, we're gonna just open our factory and keep shipping Teslas all over the nation and world, if you don't mind. And then she, she's against that and writes F-U-C-K Elon Musk. And he says, he responds in the most interesting, intelligent, clever way possible. He just said, message received. Famous. Beautiful. All right. So I think I'm done. I'm going to get on on my weekend. I hope you all will too. Again, I am a financial advisor. I have advised a number of my clients to buy Tesla. And it's like the best thing I ever did. Um, because they just made a shit ton of money. And I cannot give you financial advice on this podcast. This is not financial advice. Everybody's situation is distinct, different, 
and you need to go talk to a financial advisor if you want advice specific to you. But um, thank you for listening. I'm going to move on. I'm sure there are a lot of other things I want to talk about, but I'm just happy. This is a huge day in the stock markets. Netflix, the pure streamer, pure streaming play, Tesla, the only auto manufacturer out there, Hallelujah, Microsoft, Google, oh, Lululemon, by the way, is another place I have invested. I bought there because my, my girls, my wife, and my two daughters, that's all the only place they shop. And then I went there and bought a bunch of stuff the other day, and I'm like, that's all I wear now is Lululemon. And I'm like, damn. So I bought their stock, too. And they're at all-time highs, too, $466. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Thank you all. God bless the stock market. God bless the United States. God bless you all. Have a great weekend. Happy Halloween and safe. Be safe. Have fun. And drink some tequila. Signing off. Send me an email. Sean at HathawayFinancial.com. Send me a question. Or come on here. Here's what I really want. I want somebody to disagree with me and come on here and debate me. Because I'm not about cancel culture. There's no canceling here. All You should, you should never cancel anyone. You should just say, oh, let's openly debate this. Open debate. And then at the end, we can hug, have a shot of tequila, and agree to disagree. Good night. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. If you listen this far, you're going to get a little bonus segment. So, I never crop up or change my podcasts. So, I, I literally was done, and then I forgot to talk about something that I want to talk about. So, I'd be remiss if I didn't touch on the wealth tax that almost, that Ron widened the crazy senator from my home state of Oregon. Does that guy just look... Again, I don't want to be mean, but he looks like a ghost or something. I, I'm sure, I hope... I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to age well myself, to be honest. But um, the, the, the looks aside, craziness in play, he is the drafter of this wealth tax legislation. And then uh, Elizabeth Warren, of course, ran on that when she was trying to become president. Thank goodness her and Bernie did not make it because we would be living in communist Russia right now or China or some terrible combination of the two. Let me tell you just real quick why a wealth tax is a horrible, horrible, horrible idea. First off, it's called an income tax for a reason. It means you have income. It means you pay taxes when you make money, when you realize the income, when the cash flow comes in the door. So just because on paper as I'm celebrating this entire podcast of these stock price all-time highs, tomorrow we could hit a, we could have some recession. And you never know when it's going to come. Nobody knows when it's going to come. And then all of a sudden, all these paper gains, say I'm up $100, I could be down 50 tomorrow. So there's no, it makes absolutely no sense to tax people when they haven't realized the income. And so you've got these outrageous people demonizing entrepreneurs that have changed our lives for the better. They have made every single one of us richer. And I'm talking about Jeff Bezos. I'm talking about Elon Musk. I'm talking about the late and great Steve Jobs. There's a reason. If it wasn't for Steve Jobs, I don't know that we would all be sitting here with a phone. We may still have phones with buttons on them. We have phones with screens with mini mini computers in our pockets that are more powerful than the original Apollo ship that landed on the moon. Okay, so now people are upset that Elon Musk is the richest person in the world. They're like, tax him, tax him, tax him. Dude, step back, man. The guy's going to pay taxes. 
Okay, if he doesn't pay taxes now, he'll pay them when he dies. Yeah, it's called you get taxed when you pass that wealth on to your heirs. They pay full tax on that. Yeah, there's like an exemption of 11 million and change. And and if you want, change that rule. Make it lower. Okay? But everybody pays tax. The tax man, he cometh. So the other reason the wealth tax... So it's just a bunch of people getting fired up saying it's not fair, it's not fair. Screw it's not fair. Go start your own company. Go make billions of dollars. It's not easy. We should be celebrating these guys, not demonizing them, and not trying to tax them based on paper wealth. So... The other thing that, that is really, really important that people need to understand is when you start appropriating people's assets, and, and I guess a, a tax on your house is similar to that. A property tax is very similar to that and scary. They're not going to stop with the billionaires. Okay, once that, pass, that, that law passes, oh, we're going to tax you on these paper income. First off, that's really, really difficult too. It, it's going to drive a behavioral change. Oh my God, there's so many things. I'll try to keep it short. So... One, that, that tax will move on to millionaires, and then it'll move on to everyone else. Pretty much, pretty soon, we'll, we'll completely change the taxation, just tax people on their wealth. Second, the, the tax, the way it was written, is it has to be liquid. And the way that they're trying to determine liquid is if, it's like a, if you're like a public company, you can easily determine the value of somebody's wealth. You know, go sell that stock. But like, if you have a private company... Or real estate, that's not very liquid. It's not very. It's not easily discernible what the value of that is unless you enter into a free market transaction, sell it. And at which at which point in the normal taxation system, you would have income and pay tax on that. So what that would incentivize me to do is to not take companies public, stay in the private markets longer, potentially take a public company private, and that actually just hurts retail investors. And it just means that the accredited investors, people with a million dollars or more net worth, blah, 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 are going to be the ones that reap the rewards of this. Anyhow, wealth tax, bad. Bad idea, Ron Wyden. Shame on you. So glad that, that a lot of Democrats were even scratching their heads on that, saying uh, this is, and that's a really complicated area. There would have been lawsuits saying it's not constitutional, that's an argument, all sorts of stuff. So it's good that it didn't pass. Okay, I'm done. Good night, good, night. good weekend, happy Halloween.